Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, this the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Adoree Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two-Tone, hey, tune in. Welcome to Two-Tone Uncensored, the best damn Titans podcast out there. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. A lot to talk about this episode as we're going to preview this uh, Week 7 matchup. Now, man, the season is really flying by, but the Week 7 matchup in London uh, with the Chargers. The Titans coming into this are 3-3 three and three and will be the away team even though they're playing at a neutral site, <clears throat> and the Chargers are at 4-2. and two. Titans have two straight losses now, you know, to the Bills and the last week, the shutout to the Ravens. Chargers are coming in with three straight wins, uh, looking for their fourth straight. Chargers only have two losses on the season so far, one to Kansas City and one to the LA Rams. So this is a pretty good damn team um, that we're going to be playing this week. A very good team. Um, but there is some hope, and we'll get into that. Uh, one thing that blew my mind and I want to talk about before you know diving into this game was that Titans loss last week was the first home shutout that the Titans have had since 1999. Just unreal how long it has been. Um, since the Titans have been shut out at home, that was a rough loss. The Titans are coming off of that. I, I guarantee you there's baggage. There's baggage. Anybody who plays football knows this. You try to forget and then move on, but it's hard. It's hard to forget when you lose a game that bad. When you lose a game like that, when you get handled like that, it is difficult to not think about, to not let it get to you. Um, but, you know, that that's the stakes. That's what we're playing in right now. The Titans have to figure out how to get past it. Uh, in this game, uh, the Chargers are six and a half point favorites, and uh, according to ESPN, have a 71.8% chance to win this game. Let's start off with the injury report here. Uh, for the Titans, Derek Morgan and Will Compton are out. So our inside and outside linebackers both going to be out. This this hurts. This is a team. Uh, and we'll talk about it a lot this episode, that is very good on offense. So not having a guy like Derek Morgan coming off of the edge and a guy like Will Compton, who's been pretty solid in the middle of the field, it does hurt. It hurts that rotation that we like uh, in the middle. Not having Will Compton, he's a guy that we've been using decently heavy in that rotation. <clears throat> and obviously Derek Morgan is, is a guy that we use a lot on the outside. Um, you know, it, it, it's rough. That's rough. It's... We still have, you know, still have guys that I think that can come in and step up in those positions. We've seen Jayon Brown really, really come into his own the last few weeks, becoming a well-rounded linebacker. Obviously, Harold Landry, he's been playing very well so far this year. So there's guys there that can step up. It just it sucks not having that rotation, uh, especially when you're going to play an offense that's so good. Kitty Vaccaro and Quentin Spain both listed as questionable. Obviously, Vaccaro, another piece on that defense that can come up into the box and make a play. Pretty solid tackler. Uh, you know, decent in coverage. Uh, hopefully, he gets to play. He's been out for a little bit. It, and he, when he got on the field so far this year, 
He's played well. You know, he's played pretty well, so obviously you'd like to have that little jump back up. Quentin Spain, we can't afford to start losing guys on the interior of our offensive line and our offensive line in general. And I know for those of you who listened to the show earlier this week on Monday, you already know this, but for those of you who didn't, I was talking about how I don't blame the offensive line for the 11 sacks. I think it has a lot to do with our weapons not getting open and Marcus being mature enough not to force anything. Um, and, and that's why we, we dealt a lot with a lot of those sacks. You saw, if you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted something from uh, Paul Kohersky where he talked about, what was it, I think like 10 of the 11 sacks, there was 2.5 seconds or more in the pocket for 10 out of 11. And most of them were on the, over three seconds. So it, it goes to show you that it's less on the offensive line, more on people getting open, you know, having guys that can make a play, and we're going to need them in this game. For the Chargers, uh, Joey Bosa and Kaiser White both out. Uh, Joey Bosa obviously not being in this game is going to help us out a lot. Devastating uh, pass rusher. Kaiser White, a guy out of West Virginia I'm really familiar with, uh, being a West Virginia fan. Uh, he plays that linebacker, safety kind of hybrid position for them, a solid player, a hell of a hitter. Uh, so him being out, is, it might you know lead to some big plays, uh, or the more potential for big plays, that is. Also, they have Travis Benjamin, the wide receiver, linebacker, Jatavis Brown, and their kicker, Caleb Sturges, all listed as questionable. So kicker, obviously, something you really can't play around with, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, but another one, Jartavis Brown's a guy that's been a solid, uh, a solid player from them. Not you know blowing the world away, but solid. So him being out is is nice for us. It's going to help us out. Obviously, we don't root for injuries and never would. But it's nice not having another guy to worry about. Travis Benjamin is a guy that has the ability to make big plays in the passing game. You know we've seen it before. We saw it when he was with. Um, we saw it when he was with the Browns. You know, he's a guy that can make plays. Yeah, if you've been a Titans fan even for a couple of years, you'll probably remember that remember that game uh, where Johnny Manziel and Travis Benjamin pretty much single-handedly took the Titans down in that game. So, you know, we're familiar with how good this guy can be. So, listed as questionable, not sure if he'll start or not. So, Getting more into the meat of this game, uh, I just want to start it off with some... These are some facts. These are just facts. Three facts that are hard to swallow facts. Number one, this offense is going to be very good. This is a very good Chargers offense, and it's going to be tough to slow down. Two, our offense has been one of the worst in the league so far this year. I think we're ranked 30th or 31st in a lot of statistical categories. It's been rough. It hasn't been a good year for us. We're not scoring the ball. We're not even moving the ball uh, very well at all. And, and three, Titans on paper are outmatched. And that's just a fact. That's why you're seeing you know, the six-and-a-half-point favorites. You're seeing everybody choose the Chargers. Um, you know, normally we get overlooked. I've talked about this a lot on the show, that it's part of our Titans culture to be overlooked. But we kind of deserve to be in this game. We haven't played up to a standard that would make most people think this is a team that's going to win this game. Um, especially recently. 
You know, these last two games have been rough to watch. They've been rough. I'm sure you're having rough times out there. They've been rough. But that doesn't mean this game's decided. You know, this is why you play the game. It's because this team still has a real chance. And, and I'll go over the three things, the three keys that I have in this game. And if we stick to these three keys, we're going to have a good shot at winning. It's not going to be easy. But with these three things, uh, the Titans should have a shot. Limiting the damage on defense. This is one of the best offenses in the league. It just is. They are on fire right now. Phillip Rivers has the second best quarterback rating in football right now. He has 15 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He's been playing outstanding. He's been he's like top five right now in every quarterback stat uh, pretty much. He's been playing very well. Um, a guy that I've often said gets overlooked in this league. We start looking at guys. We start counting rings. You know, as a, a fandom, NFL fans in general have a bad habit of this counting rings, uh, and we often overlook guys that haven't gotten one. You know, guys like Rivers and guys like Jim Kelly, for instance, guys that are really, really good quarterbacks. Rivers is one of those guys. He's a really good quarterback. There's not many quarterbacks in the league I'd take above Rivers. Um, He's a guy that's good, that can straight out ball, and, and it's going to be difficult to stop him. But if we can, we're not going to stop them. I, I would be very surprised if we just shut down this offense. As good as they've been playing, it would be shocking. Um, and our defense is good, but it would be shocking. But we can slow them down. Um, obviously, on top of that, you add Melvin Gordon to the mix. Guy's been averaging over five yards per carry so far this season. He's third in rush to, in rush yards. I've been finding the end zone, especially in their last game where he had three touchdowns, and a game against the Browns, who have a very good defense. That's a very good defense in Cleveland. We have... The thing with this offense is it's it's dynamic. Um, and that word gets thrown a lot, a lot, and I don't think people truly know, know what it means, but... It's dynamic because it can beat you in so many different ways. And that's really what dynamic means when you're talking about an offense. Because we've seen Rivers just take over and win games. He did it against the Raiders this year. He did it against the Bills earlier this season. He kept them in a, a game against Kansas City. He kept them in a game against the Rams. Um, you know, they're only two losses against two of the best teams right now in football. But we've also seen uh, Gordon take over and win games like he did last week. We've, we've seen um, Gordon play huge roles in games and be able to take over a game. It's a very dynamic offense, and they're going to lean on whichever works best for them. Now, if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this Titans defense, and I'm going to put my Chargers hat on here, and I'm going to pretend to be a coach for the Chargers, I'm looking at a defense that even though you know they're coming off of two tough losses, this team has been very good against the pass. Very good. A t one of the top, probably say top 10 probably right now if you take all stats in into effect. This is a top 10 passing defense. Malcolm Butler's been a little bit of a liability. Um, but Adoree Jackson has been whew, amazing. Man, that, that kid's going to be tough to pass against. Logan Ryan has been very good this season. You know, Kevin Byard, you can't sleep on that guy. There's a reason why he was all pro. Very good on pass defense. Uh, rush defense, let's see, they get rid of Avery Williamson. Uh, Wesley Woodyard has been playing banged up. They're letting high averages go to some, some pretty mediocre running backs. 
If I if I'm if I'm on that coaching staff, I know who I want to have the ball for the Chargers. I know who I want. I, I Philip Rivers. I have if I'm a Chargers coach, I have full faith in Philip Rivers. And don't get me wrong, they should. He's a great quarterback. But if I'm gonna attack you where you're weakest and exploit your weakness, if I'm the Chargers, I'm running a heavy dose of Melvin Gordon. The Titans have had an inability to stop the running attack all season long. And I've talked about it before on the show. I think a large part of it is losing Avery Williamson, who is one of the best linebackers when it comes to filling the hole and coming up and making the play in the rushing attack. Also having Wesley Woodyard, who's another guy that can make those plays. I don't think he's as good against the run as Williamson is, but I also think he's a little bit better against the pass than Williams is. But he's a guy that can come and make those plays, but he's been banged up this year. He's missed some games. He's missed some time. Melvin Gordon, I expect to see a heavy dose of him, especially coming off of a hot game against a good defense. They're playing a defense now with Tennessee that is very good against the pass, and their one weakness, big weakness on defense is against the run. Expect to see it. Expect to see a heavy dose of Melvin Gordon. Um... And I would expect, too, that they try to take shots uh, down the field against Malcolm Butler, given the way he's played lately. So, what do we do with this? We, I think you can't like come up and like just try to sell out on the run on every play. Dean Pease is very good at hiding blitzes and hiding coverages and showing you looks that are confusing and you don't know what's coming next. And, and we, we're going to need to use that in order to shut down the run. We need to show six men in a box and have a safety press down. We need to do stuff like that that can get us a good start against the run. Slowing down Melvin Gordon on first and second down is going to put Phillip Rivers in a bad spot on third down. And then, unlike last week, you know, I talked about it on the show on Monday, unlike last week where we really struggled to stop the Ravens on third and long, we need to do it in this game. We need to be able to step up on third and long and make a big play. Make the play, and not even the big play, but just when a guy catches it four yards from the first down, come up and make the tackle. Um, not letting him have time in the pocket. Man, Flacco had some some time in the pocket in that game. Uh, the pass rush, which has been pretty solid for most of the year, was nowhere to be found in that game against Baltimore. That's something that we need to be able to do, especially on third down. Especially on third down. We need to be able to get after Phillip Rivers, make him uncomfortable. Um, but we need, to, we, need to be, we need to know where Melvin Gordon is at all times. He's a guy that will make plays in the past, too. And that's just a killer. You know, I can already see it in my head. You know, a third and eight, third and nine. And they throw a little... Uh, Melvin Gordon just runs that little... Uh, route outside of the backfield. Rivers will hit him for two yards of actual passing yardage, but then the yards after the catch come in. Because Melvin Gordon's a guy that can do that. He's going to make you miss. He has the ability to run over you. I think he's one of the best complete backs in the NFL. Perhaps the best. That, I mean, That's how high I think of this young man. He's a guy that d- excels in both the passing and running game. Um, you don't see a lot of guys that do that. You know, you talk about your Le'Veon Bells, uh, and there are a few out there, but Melvin Gordon really, really does both well, and you have to look out for that. We have to be able to stop that. So teeing off on Melvin Gordon is a big part 
uh, of limiting the damage on defense. Obviously, you can't let Rivers beat you. So, you know, playing safety help over the top. You do have to take risks every now and again, but being smart about when you take them on defense, getting good pressure, getting good pressure not only off of the blitz, but getting good pressure when we send the four-man rush. That was a lot of what we saw in that Ravens game is we we wouldn't blitz, we'd send the four-man rush, which you still should be able to get to a quarterback after a full a few seconds, you know, four or five seconds with a four-man rush. You should already be touching him. You should already have him down or the ball should be gone. Uh, we weren't doing that. There was some six, seven, eight-second pockets with a four-man rush. That's unacceptable. That needs to be improved upon. Um, so that, limiting the damage on defense. If we let this Chargers team score two touchdowns and a couple of field goals, we won on defense. If they score 20 or less, we won on defense. Um, you know, that's just a fact. This is a very good offense. A very good offense. So we have to be able to limit what they can do uh, to give our offense a, a chance. And on the other side, the offense, my second key of the game is to take the pressure off the defense. Obviously, we didn't do this last week. Our offense, our defense didn't play bad last week. You go back and watch the tape. Our defense wasn't bad. We forced a lot of punts, but we were forced into tough situations where we had to cover short fields or where we just, you know, they just kept playing field position until they got close enough to a touchdown because our offense wasn't doing anything. So the two ways our offense can help out our defense, one, obviously, putting points on the board. It never hurts. It never hurts in this game to put points on the board. It's something we've really struggled with this season. You know, I believe we're 31st in scoring, and it, that's, it's awful. We haven't scored a touchdown in October. Eight straight quarters without a touchdown. Um, unacceptable, but that's what we're looking at. So scoring's number one, obviously, but something we're struggling with. But even if we don't score a ton, there's another way to do it, and that's extending drives. You know, even if we're not putting up touchdowns, if you have a five-minute drive that ends in a field goal, uh, a seven-minute drive that ends in a punt. Those are plus drives for us in this game. Those are good things, not bad things. Because we're going to, one, give our defense a rest. Two, limit Phillip Rivers and this offense chances. They're not going to get as many drives, as many opportunities to, to get this defense to figure it out. You have to keep in mind... This Dean P's iteration of the Titans' um, defense is, is new, so there's not much tape on it. They don't have a lot of opportunity to, to see kind of stuff that they do in wrinkles. You know, they don't have that opportunity. Ken Wisenhunt has been back with the Chargers for a while. We know what this offense is going to look like. They don't have that opportunity on our defense, but the more they see them during the game, the more they're going to be able to figure out. So it keeps our defense off the field, getting them rest, but it also limits uh, the Chargers' opportunities to see what we're doing and to, to figure it out. The good news on this point here, on this key, is they're without Bosa, and this defense is pretty mediocre across the board when it comes to every defensive stat, or almost every defensive stat, when they're without Bosa. Um, they're pretty much middle of the league and everything, you know, points allowed, um, 
Yards allowed, passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, sacks, interceptions. Interceptions are kind of high. Uh, but besides that, and there's a lot of mediocre play. You know, just it's it's not a bad defense. It's it's not a great one either. Um, so that's good news for us. This isn't a tough defense. In fact, this defense has the wor- is the worst defense in terms of points allowed that we have played since Miami in Week One. They've given up more touchdowns than any team we've played except for Houston. Uh, we should have an easier time moving the ball this week, but we need to take advantage of that. You know, this isn't going to be that Ravens defense. And even Buffalo's defense, statistically across the board, is better uh, than this Chargers defense. So this is going to be an easier defense, but we need to take advantage of that. Um, our defense has the ability to keep up with the Charger offense. They do. I, I firmly believe that they do. But they're not going to. They will not keep up with them and keep them at bay if Rivers and company get the ball with a short field or if the defense is on the field all day. We're, we're not going to be able to win that kind of game. So we have to extend these drives. What you try to do there, extend a drive, take time off of the clock, feed your back. Last week, we kind of got down early, went a lot into the passing game, wasn't working out for us, obviously, with 11 sacks. Derrick Henry didn't have a great game, but he wasn't given enough carries to get into a rhythm. You have to start feeding Derrick Henry. We have to start feeding him. Um, Let him get into that rhythm. Henry's known to break big runs once he gets in that rhythm. Look how good Henry is in the fourth. It takes him a while to get in that rhythm, and I'll give you that. That's fair to say. But once he's there, the guy turns it on. He gets better as the game goes on. Go back and watch him at Alabama. That's the, It's the truth there, too. In games against good teams, Derrick Henry started out slow and caught fire as the game went on. It, it's He's done that throughout his career. And there's nothing wrong with that because once he gets hot, he's red hot. But we have to let him get there. Seven carries last week, that's not the answer. That's not going to get him in the rhythm he needs to be in. We need to start feeding him more. Uh, and we need to be able to effectively run the ball, obviously. But getting him those early touches, getting him in a rhythm early in this game is going to benefit us in the long run. Another thing, we need to figure out a way to work with our wide receivers. We need to, we need to find a way to do it. Corey Davis, I have faith in. I have, he has a tough matchup this week. You know, they, you know, Casey Haywood was the best corner in the league last year. He has a tough matchup this week, but... I have faith in him to come up and make plays, to go out there and make plays, to catch balls. He uses his body well. He had a rough week last week, and I gave him shit for it on Monday's show. If you listened, you heard me give him shit. But I have faith in Corey. He needs to go out there and make plays, but he has that ability. I can see that happening. I have little to no faith in pretty much everybody else in our offense right now, or pass catching wise. I, I like Janu. I, I do have a little bit of faith in Janu. I think we should be using him more. I hope to see that in this game. Um, I, I Taewon Taylor, I like Taylor a lot. When he's in open space, the guy's hard to cover. Or sorry, he's hard to tackle. He's hard to bring down. He's a burner. He can take the top off of a defense. All these things are true. 50-50 balls he cannot catch. 
We've seen it time and again. It was the big thing against big knock against him coming out of college. It still continues to be a problem. 50-50 balls when you throw to Taewon Taylor are 30-70 balls in favor of the defense. I mean, they are. It's just you watch you watch him play those tight windows, and Marquez can throw those passes. We've seen it. Marquez is a very accurate quarterback. He can make those passes. Taewon Taylor's not coming up with them. I mean, you think right now, I think Marcus has like 63-point-something percent um, completion percentage on the year. Now add in all of those dropped passes. You're looking at a 70% thrower. I mean, the guy's very accurate. Uh, Tajay Sharp is almost the exact opposite. Tajay seems like he'll catch any ball that's thrown to him with a man on top of him, and he'll miss the ones where he's wide open. He, he really limited. It's surprising. Because it didn't seem like that kind of guy coming in or earlier in his career. But he is really limited in what he can do with the ball after he catches it. Those yak yards are not there for Tajay Sharp. So not a lot of faith in this group. But we need to figure out smart ways to get them. Get Taewon Taylor in open space. The boy's dangerous in open space. Get Deion Lewis in open space. And, and find a way to work him. Guys, oh my god. One of the most fun backs to watch in the league because of how shifty he is. Doing stuff like that, working that running game, and it's okay to fail with the running game early if you're getting the dividends paid off late in the game, which I think you will if you give uh, Derrick Henry the time to get set and get into his rhythm. <clears throat> but you, you have to get the ball to him early in order to do that. Um, another thing adding on to this, you know, taking some pressure off the defense, we're not going to win a firefight with this team either. You know, we go. They go up and score. We go down and score. They go. We're not going to win that kind of game. We're not. We don't have the offense to keep up with them right now. We don't have the playmakers. I think we have the quarterback to do it. And I know a lot of you are going to disagree with me there. Not saying I think that Mariota is as 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 good as Rivers is because I don't believe that. Or at least right now. Um, right now, I, I think it's foolish to say that Mariota is on Philip Rivers' level. But I do think that given the right players around him, Marcus has the ability to keep up with Rivers, a guy like Rivers. But we don't have the playmakers to do it. Or at least we haven't seen it this year, you know? So I don't think we're going to win a firefight. Time of possession will be an important stat for us this week. If we're going to win this game, we're going to win time of possession. Either that or we're going to see something out of this offense we haven't seen yet this year. <clears throat> um, you know, I doubt that we do. I hope we do. I hope we just come out and Mariota's firing on all cylinders. Our weapons, our wide receivers are just fantastic. We can forget the beginning half of the season. We roll off into the sunset, win a Super Bowl, you know, become a dynasty. All of that shit, I hope. But being realistic, that's not going to happen. We need to win time of possession. Um and, and to do that, we need to run the ball effectively. And we need to be able to produce on third down. Although last week we were terrible on third down. But I really don't... It wasn't that we were miscuing. It was just we didn't do enough on first and second down. It was something... Our average third down was above third and ten. That's unacceptable. You're not going to convert a lot of those. Our defense, on the other hand, was electrifying on, on first and second down then got into third and long, and then gave up big plays. You know, we talked about that last week. I think the Ravens were four of f four of five when it was third and ten or further back. 
That's unreal. Unacceptable play. So get them. Stop the run early. Force Rivers to pass. Don't let him beat you. Don't let Melvin Gordon beat us in the passing game. Force them into situations where they're giving up the ball. And then eat some clock. Take your time methodically moving down the field. Try to put points on the board. If we we have the ability to do this, you know, we've seen it. I don't think what we're seeing from Derrick Henry right now is his best. And I, Derrick's been the first one to admit that. I don't think what we've seen from our offensive line is indicative of how good this offensive line actually is. I, I, I do think that, you know, our playmakers are, are we're, they're showing you what they can give you. I, I'm not saying that I think Taewon Taylor or Tajay Sharp have no place in the NFL because I don't think that. I don't think that Taewon Taylor's a number two wide receiver. I don't think Taze Sharp's a number three wide receiver. That's what I'm saying. If you bring in a guy like Dez, are you listening? Are you, are you out there, John Robinson? Like Dez Bryant, bring in a guy like Dez that pushes everybody but Corey Davis down one. Let Corey Davis be your number one. I, you know, I have faith in him. He's growing. Keep him in that spot. But bring in Dez to be your number two. Let him work with a young man that has a similar body size, has a similar skill set. Um, and then you have Taewon Taylor at three, which I think he should be. You have Tazir Sharp as a fourth option, which I think he should be. Yeah, I mean that's that's a decent wide receiver core. Not we're not gonna be great, but that's decent. That's very workable. That's something that Mariota should play um, well with. But, you know, I guess that is a, uh, a fight for another day, um, if we should bring someone in or not. I, I think we're all on the same page. I mean, definitely let me know. If you think we shouldn't bring in a wide receiver, I would love to hear your reasoning why. Um, I would love to hear it. So you reach out to me uh, at TTU Podcast for the show and at the Ryan Moreland on Twitter to let me know if you are a person that thinks that we shouldn't. Because you might have a good reasoning. You might be thinking something that, that I'm not thinking. So definitely reach out to me. I'd love to hear that take. Uh, the last key. So the first two keys, again, to recap. Limiting the damage on defense. Take some pressure off the defense. Last one, take chances. Not a lot of coaches are going to preach this. You're not going to hear this a lot. But this is a team... That is very good. This is a team that everybody has us losing to. Then this Titans team is a team that's struggling right now to win football games. Take chances. Not a ton. Not every drive. Not every snap. Uh, but a few of them. You know. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean going forward on fourth and short. Taking shots down the field on first down. Throw in a trick play now and then. Um... You know, this is a game of skill football, but luck plays a heavy role in football. We've seen it. I mean, you think of any, the Music City Miracle would not be the Music City Miracle without a little bit of luck. You think when Wycheck threw that out, he thought, I'll extend my arm all the way out there. And if he didn't, it's a forward pass. I mean, there's always a little bit of luck. The Holy Roller, a great play that was pretty much all luck. Or the Immaculate Reception, which might be the luckiest play in NFL history. Luck plays a heavy role in this game, but we can force some luck onto our side by taking a few risks in this game that we know we can convert. You practice these trick plays. You've ran through them before. Maybe not in full contact, but you've done the walkthroughs. You know how to do it. 
and, and this is a week to start pulling a little bit out of the bag. You don't want to show all your tricks yet, but you can show a few because you have a bye week coming up, and you can add some more wrinkles. You can add a few more trick plays if you need to in this bye week. Right now is the time to use them. You want to stay ahead in this division, and we're not going to stay ahead in this division if we lose today. We're not. Because even if, even if Houston and Jacksonville tie, they jump both of them jump up above us if we lose today. If one wins and one loses, and we lose, then obviously one of them is ahead of us. So we have to win to stay in first place in AFC South. So this is the week to do it. Um, and we only need a few of them to pay off. You look at that going forward on fourth down earlier this year. That pass uh, from Kevin Byard to Kenny Vaccaro, we don't win that game without that play. I mean, just simple math. You can add up the score. We don't win without that play. You know, that you have to take some risks sometimes. And we have been this year. You know, Vrabel has taken some risks this year that have paid off for us. That game last week, when we ran the clock out at the end of the second quarter... Right before halftime, that was gutless football. I talked about it on the show, and I hate it. I hate it. Gutless, spineless, ballless football, and I hate it. I, we don't need to see any of that. We need to take a couple chances in this game. You don't want to throw the game away. You know, you don't want to take too many risks um, because then you're you're taking too many risks is just increasing the possibility of the other team going to be able to capitalize when you make mistakes. But take a few calculated risks, and we have to take them if we want to win this game. We have to. This is a very tough football football team, folks, and we're not playing well. Um, so we're going to have to take risks. And then, you know, the other thing, some people have thrown it in there as a key. I don't really like it as a key because it's affecting both teams. It's the travel, trying to travel well. And our team's already over there. You know, everybody's already seen Jim Wyatt's been posting the practices. They're already over there, so they already know if they've traveled well or not. By at this point, you already know. You already know if your your sleep's behind if you don't stay on an American sleep schedule, which you need to. Um, but but both teams are going through that, and you don't know who's doing it better. And even if they blow us out or we blow them out, we really most likely will never know. So I don't really like that as a key, uh, but I've seen a lot of people use it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about um, this AFC South real quick. Obviously, the Texans head to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Old Blake Bortles, old faithful, is back, throwing a lot of interceptions, not being very effective at all as the Jaguars struggle to find a running attack to complement Bortles. Uh, they're bringing in Jamal Charles, so it'll be interesting to see uh, to what effectiveness that that works. Um, and the Texans right now, finally winning games. Starting to put it together. They were on a three-game winning streak, uh, whereas the Jaguars on a two-game losing streak. Jags are favored by four and a half. I know the streaks. I know where we're setting. I know what it looks like. Jags are going to win this football game. Jacksonville's going to be able to get pressure on Watson, who is the most hit quarterback in the NFL by a large margin. He's something like 70. I believe he has 70 quarterback hits. Um, second place is something like 45. Like, it's unreal. That means like f- almost 40% ahead of the competition. And he's going to go up against Jacksonville, who gets to the quarterback well. I don't expect him to play mistake-free football. 
You know, I, I expect him to turn the ball over. I expect Jacksonville to be able to take advantage of it. It'll be interesting to see if Jacksonville can do anything at all on offense, but I, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Um, and in low-scoring games, I'm going to favor the team that I think uh, has the ability to break the big play. And maybe not on the offense, but this defense definitely has the capability to do it. I'm taking Jacksonville. Um, Buffalo at Indy. Can Indy finally get a win? Andrew Luck has been scoring a lot all this year. Been throwing a good bit of INTs, too. And that's been keeping Indianapolis from winning. They're going up against a defense that's sneaky good in Buffalo, as the Titans found out the hard way. Colts favored by 7.5. If you're a betting man, you're looking at that line, whew. I'm taking I'm taking Buffalo with the with those points there, but I'm taking Indy to win outright. I, I think the Colts are going to be able to get it done. Their passing game is really strong. I, I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to keep up. Obviously, Buffalo having a nightmare situation go on uh, with their quarterbacks. So uh, you know I'm taking Indy to get this win, I, but I'm not taking the points. I know how bad it looks with their quarterback situation. I'm still not taking those points. I think it'll be closer than seven and a half. Um, but like I said, with Texans, with Houston playing Jacksonville, the Titans need a win if we want to stay in first place. We all know that now. We, you know, we all know that. So we have to come out here and do it. And, and like I said, start taking those risks. Those keys to the game again, limiting damage on defense, doing what you can to slow down Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. Uh, taking some pressure off the defense by extending drives and scoring when we can and taking chances. Take a big shot down the field. You know, maybe blitz heavy on the third and, and long. Taking those small chances throughout a game. You know, one might not pay off uh, and it might give up a first down, but if we get two or three to pay off in a game, you take five, six chances, you get two or three to pay off. It's likely the difference between winning and losing. Uh, so that's that's how I see it. I think it's going to be a very tough football game. This Chargers team is very good. They're red hot right now. You know, that they, their only two losses are against two very good football teams. Although, I will say this, their schedule outside of those two games is very easy. It will be the first team that they've played that is middle of the road. They've either played cream of the crop with KC um, and with the Rams, or they have played bottom of the barrel with teams like Buffalo, San Francisco, um, the Raiders, they've played really bottom-of-the-barrel teams. So I think we're going to be the first middle-of-the-road team. I think that's where the Titans are right now. I think that's fair to say. We're 3-3. Three and three. doesn't get more middle-of-the-road than that. Um, we're a middle-of-the-road team, uh, you know, borderline playoff team. Getting a win against a true, what looks like a playoff potential team like this getting a win against them is huge not only does it keep us ahead but it proves to the fans and it proves more importantly to the titans themselves that they belong there right now every player on that team whether they will admit it or not is feeling it a little bit you're starting to get in your head a little bit maybe we're not that good maybe we're not a playoff team maybe last year was a fluke you start getting in your head a little bit anybody who's played sports and you know, at a higher level, knows this. You you know it. You do get in your head a little bit. You have to push it away, and you can, but eventually you start getting in your head a little bit. Getting this win, you get in your head in a good way. You start thinking like those two weeks were flukes. Look, we just beat the Chargers. This is a damn good football team. 
and you ride high into that bye week. Everybody pushes a little bit harder. Everybody comes a little stronger. And then coming out of that bye week, we have an extra day to get ready for the uh, Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. And, and, a, and a team that's also, you know, playing good football, middle-of-the-road team, borderline playoff team. And and then if we can sneak a win out there, then, you know, it, then it doesn't matter. Like I said... <laughs> It doesn't matter if we win or lose against the Patriots, to be clear. Like I said earlier, starting with that Eagles game and, and, and ending with the Patriots game. That six-game window, we need to go 3-3. Three and three. I've been saying that for weeks now. We're behind the gun right now. If we win these next two in a row, we're ahead of the gun. We don't have to... We, I mean, we're still going to go out and play hard and we want to beat the Patriots. But even if we lose that game against a tough Patriots team... We have a lot of easy games after that. Schedule opens up. But if we get the 3-3 three and three and between the Eagles and, uh, and the Patriots in that six-game window, this is a playoff team. You know, Then we would have to like, fucking implode to not be a playoff team. So we, but we got to get there. We got to keep playing hard. We, got, we have to get some wins. Um... And I'm not saying if we don't get the 3-3, three and three, it's the end of the world, we won't make the playoffs. But to be that team that deserves to be there, and, and I feel like we have to get that. That team that you can have real confidence in going into the playoffs, I think we have to get that. We have to get that 3-3 three and three mark. Um, and I think we still can. This is going to be a tough game. Dallas is going to be a little bit easier. Um, not nearly as prolific as an offense. It, it's really shut down Zeke. And and don't let Cole Beasley destroy you like he did the Jags, and you and you'll be okay. That defense is tough for Dallas. Make no mistake about it. That's a tough fucking defense. Number one rated quarter in the league. He plays ball in Dallas. You know Lawrence is a, whew, that boy's a machine. Tough defense, but an easier game than than it is against the Chargers. Um, so if we can win this game, we should have supreme confidence that we can win the next one. But I'm, I'm going to hop off here, folks. I feel like I've given you a lot to think about going into this matchup. Hopefully we can get a W. It's going to be a tough road. You know, I've only said it about 400 times this episode <laughs> that this is a tough team. So I think you might get the, the idea by now. But it is, and it's, it's not going to be an easy game. But the Titans can win it. It's definitely a possibility. It's definitely We definitely have the team that can keep up with this team. We just have to start... We start ha- have to start playing like it. We have to start playing like a team deserves to be there. Because we have it in the last two weeks. But, you know, here's the hope. And let's hope that we get this win this week. Stay on top of this division. Um, and start heading towards this the back half of the schedule where things really open up. A lot of easy games. Um, thanks for everybody that makes this show possible. Thanks to all you out there. Uh, that listening, that really, like, we couldn't do it without you. I wouldn't do it without you. Uh, you guys are what makes this fun show. Or, uh, tongue twister. You guys make this fun show show fun to do. Even after I shot, stopped myself, I still fucked up. Uh, and, and you make it like a, a pleasure, an absolute pleasure uh, to be in my shoes. Thanks all of you out there. Let's go get this win. Go beat this Chargers team in London. Shout out um, real quick to the guys, the Irish Titans uh, the fan page they have on there. They do uh, a podcast as well. Um, shout out to them. I know they're going to be at the game. I, you know, I talked to Owen about it. I know that him and his brother are going to going to this game. First time they're ever going to see their Titans 
uh, in person. I know they're really excited about it. So shout out to them. If you're on uh, Twitter, you know, go find them at Irish Titans. Uh, go shout them out. You know, uh, let them feel the love this week. I know that they're flying high, uh, getting to see their team. I mean, imagine you know your first time seeing the Titans. And these guys have been fans for a while now, and then they're going to get to see their Titans play for the first time, so I know they're really excited. So shout out uh, to those two. I hope you guys have an awesome time, and I hope the Titans come in and bring a W. I hope there are good luck charms. Maybe that'll be it. Maybe we'll get some good luck from our Irish friends out there, and that's all the Titans need. Um, But to everyone out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for making the show possible. Tighten up, baby. Let's get this win. Tighten up. Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans Better tune in, this the podcast you want Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Moreland Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast Two-tone, ayy Tune in.